Hey, everybody. Can't wait to share this uh, next episode. It's my good buddy, Ryan Ray. Um, huge local talent, musically, artistically, professionally. Uh, grew up with this guy. We played a lot of high school sports together, basketball, volleyball. Um, very, very good friend of mine. We have a lot of mutual good friends, and we've stayed in touch over the past several decades. But um, looking forward to kind of sharing his story with you. He's a local Townville guy, went to Maplewood. Um, like I said, we played basketball and volleyball together. We were Maplewood Tigers together. We uh, we, we sweated through a lot of practices together, and um, we've maintained our, our close friendship since then. And uh, he's got a great wife, great story, great career, and... Um, He's just so musically inclined as well. You're going to get a little bit of all that. So make sure to stay tuned because you're going to get to see and hear his story. But you're also going to get to hear what he does best, which is play music. So stick around. We'll see you soon. All nurses to the nurses everybody ryan molly here and welcome to hey sawbones my story my passion i'm your host orthopedic surgeon entrepreneur cutter of bones business owner and most importantly loving husband father of three young boys and really excited about tonight's episode i have a very close friend from kind of years past um as you could probably tell by some of my vintage clothes that i'm wearing this is yes this is kind of like this nylon or polyester, but whatever it is, it's not comfortable and it's going to produce some chafage and that's all cool and it's all good. But, um, this guest that I have today is, um, one of my best friends from, from childhood growing up. We went to elementary school together. We went to junior high. We went to high school. We played all kinds of sports growing up, uh, basketball, volleyball. We played in three on three tournaments. Uh, we ended up hanging out a lot in college together, too. Uh, he went to Penn State Barron, was an engineering major there. And I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's a great individual, super smart, uh, super successful. He was a great athlete growing up and love him to death. Uh, I think uh, his family is just a great staple for the kind of Townville, Meadville community. And uh, really just excited to have him share his story for you guys today. So without further ado, Mr. Ryan Ray. 
great to see you, Ryan. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. So Fantastic. as we always start these episodes off, let's hear a little bit about kind of like you, where you're from, where you grew up, kind of your family, and kind of what makes you who you are, kind of the fiber of Ryan Ray's being. Fiber of my being. Well, first off, I want to say that um, if I had my warm up, I might fit around my arm right now. <laughs> At this point, in my right? Life. This is tight. I know. <laughs> We've I all know. gotten bigger. This is tight, so don't yeah. don't let it fool you. No, no, not at all, not at all. I can. It's it's a little cold in here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the gloves are off. This is going to be a good episode, by the yeah. way. Uh, Karen, do you have any band aids we could get? Down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the fiber. So, it, it really at uh, at heart, I'm a I'm a country boy. That's what I am. I I, I love where we're from. Um, you know, I, I love the, I'll call it the upbringing or the community we got to grow up in. Um, and, and all of that imprinted onto me, um, from a very, very young age all the way through and has kind of, I'll say, you know, really helped become who I am today. Right. We, we had a, we had a wonderful small town upbringing where, you know, you learned, you learned to work hard, right. You learned to, you learned to, um, contribute to the community, you know, um, socially, uh, it was a, it, it was a wonderful place really to be a kid. Right. So it was pretty safe. <laughs> yeah, it was, it totally was right. You know, back in the day, you'd jump on your bike and, you know, see it dark, ma. Yeah. You'd have to drive <laughs> like three or four miles to find your closest friend. Cause that was the next house. Yes. That was the closest house yes. to you. Yes. But. That's right. That's right. So you'd find a trail in the woods and you got to learn the woods a little bit, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of how it worked. Right. You know? And, um, and because of that, everybody played a lot of everybody, you know, that I really remember when we were growing up, everybody participated in sports and yeah. more than one sport. Right. Because, because of, you know, you're at a smaller school, not everybody for the most part, People tried different things when you were growing up, so you know that. And you were you were super athletic growing up. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Right up. Right up until I found out I had you know ankles like my ninety five year old grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I very much enjoyed our time playing playing sports together. Man, I've a uh, lot of great memories there. Um, a lot of great memories. But but yeah, I mean after after that, um, of course I went to school. You know my whole. When I was growing up, uh, one reason or another, you know, when I was a real little kid, like everybody, I wanted to uh, I wanted to be a professional athlete, right? That, um, but as I got a little bit older, I had a I had an uncle who was an engineer and was going to actually was going to Pitt, was going down in Pittsburgh um, to be a chemical engineer, and I thought, wow, I, maybe I can be an engineer, right? So that's and I was I was I was okay in school. Right. I was, I was, I was, I was pretty smart kid. Yeah. I was okay in school. So, you know, that, that gave me uh, some confidence to, uh, you know, leave the nest and try to do something different. So lots of trials and tribulations, you know, from then to now, um, uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of, a lot of traveling, a lot of different things. Um, music's big for you, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, spent, uh, so now on the music side, that's, that's something that came from my family also. Right. Uh, when I was growing up, my 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 dad was always playing music. Was always in bands. You know, we'd go to family reunions, and it was it was a good picking and grinning time. You know, and it and it was it was weird. It didn't even matter if it was like my dad's side of the family or my mom's side of the family. You know, we'd go to a family reunion, and people are passing around instruments. 
That's just how it worked. So that's something I got exposed to at a pretty young age. Um, and it's been one of those lifelong gifts, I guess I'll call it. Like, like yeah. it's, you learn, learn to do something like that, you know, you can always sit down and entertain yourself for a little bit, you know. So, um, so through the years, too, I've, you know, after college, I traveled around the country playing music with some great guys from the area. Um, had an absolute blast. A lot of, lot of stories there. Some we're not going to talk about. <laughs> it, we but, won't talk about a lot of them, but we'll talk about some of them. I mean, <laughs> just, I love giving shout outs to um, just local people, mm-hmm. local traditions. But one that just literally came to the top of my brain when you said that was Mark Maloney. Oh, Mark he, Maloney. he was your, your percussionist, right? Yes. Yeah. He played he played drums for us. We were in a band called Paper Street together. Uh, Mark is a fantastic guy. Kid could jump out of the gym, too. Yes. By the way. Yes. For being like uh, for being, you know, grant, uh, uh, you know, Mark's probably five seven, five eight, but for you know teasing him for being five foot tall, he could jump up and and grab onto the rim with both hands, and yeah, it was it was incredible. Mark, was if incredible. you're listening, both of us were always impressed with your vertical jump, <laughs> yeah, and you're just absolutely. energy. Great guy, yeah. great energy. Wonderful, not only on the volleyball court, but also when he was behind a set of drums too. Oh, but yeah, he was he was uh, he was a, he was a great drummer, and he was a, he was a really good friend. He was a lot of fun to play music with. Um, yeah, those, uh, those years when we were traveling around, um, you know, Mark was playing drums for us. Uh, a guy from out General McLean way uh, named Brad Williams, um, played guitar for us. Phenomenal guitar player. Um, another great guy, uh, met him actually in the engineering program at Penn state. Um, that's how we met, um, our, our, uh, our bass player at that time was, uh, is an individual named Scott Lee, um, Actually, he spent the last twenty years uh, being a being a minister. <laughs> out, yeah, oh yeah. So after touring around in a rock band for all that time, uh, he went to seminary. Um, and wow. he, yeah, he uh, um, was a was a minister out in the Philadelphia area um, for the, like the last twenty years. Wow. Yep. And then um, you know through those through those times we uh, <laughs> we got to got to do a lot of fun things. We got to, got to go see a lot of cities. Got to see a lot of the country. Um, you know, got to record albums, you know, we got to do, we got to record an album in Nashville, you know, yeah. back in you the day. You were telling me about that earlier. And yeah, it, it, it just, just, uh, some of the people that you meet and that you get to play with and it's, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, a few years, a few years after while we were traveling there, um, Scotty went away and, and decided he was going to have a little bit of change in life and, you know, um, decided that, uh, he was going to, going to go to seminary and he, he moved out to, um, California to do that. And then we had a then we had a guy from uh, Fort LaBeouf area, uh, uh, Tanner Edwards, still one of my best friends to this day, great guy, um, stepped in, um, phenomenal bass player, um, and we had we had a lot of fun. We um, played music together for a long time. We're actually was he up, was he part of Paper Street too? He was, yeah, yeah. yeah he uh, he started playing with us I think sometime in two thousand five, I think. Right around there, and he was with us for, man, ten years. Awesome. Yeah. I just remember going to concerts um, in the area, watching you guys perform. And Ryan, I I may have told you this, I may not have, but super proud of you for everything you've ever accomplished. Because when you were up on that stage and you were performing, I just remembered I was like, this is my guy, this is my buddy, this is my my shooting guard <laughs> bud that we used to go out and jack up a bunch of threes, and oh, love Rick it. Gilberto would be like. 
what are you guys doing? Get the ball into the post. And we're like, no, 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 no. The, the, the three ball's yeah. worth more. Yeah. yeah but, it's three versus two. And but coach, I was open. <laughs> yeah. I was open. <laughs> and both you and I had a bad disease. It was called, we never met a shot at, we didn't like. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Do, do you remember, <laughs> this is one of the questions I always ask all my guests. Um, and, you know, the fact that we grew up together, but do you remember the first time we ever met? Oh, man. Probably difficult. I, I, I It was don't. probably like a basketball camp or something probably, like that. Probably the Maplewood basketball camp when we were young is, is, is what I'm thinking. Because um, you were a year younger than me, so it wasn't like we were in the same grade. Right. You were, but we you were, were obviously exposed to each other. And then once we kind of met, like I remember, like I think you were in eighth grade and I was in ninth grade when we were on the ninth grade team. You played up. Yeah. And we became much closer then. And then there that point on... I just felt an instant connection oh, yeah. to you. You know, you know, one of my one of the memories that uh, you hey, know, remember, I remember remember Connie Molly's watching this. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, one of the memories that I couldn't I couldn't forget. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Molly. Um, <laughs> that I couldn't forget, even if I wanted to. Um, I remember, and this is it, it seems you know small now, right? But um, I re- it was that uh, it was that year I was I was a freshman. And you were a sophomore, and we were, we were playing at Union City. And at that time, um, I don't think either of us made it into the rotation quite yet. And we're, you know, the JV game was over or whatever, and we're sitting there and we're watching the varsity game, and, and Ashley Orris starts lighting it up. And I, the whole time we're like, we're like he, he, there's no way he's going he's, to. He's, he's, he, he didn't just take that shot. Was this the game where he scored 49 points yes, on us? Yes, yes. Yeah, he Ashley. scored 49. And literally, I remember at the end of the game, we're both looking at each other like, what do you think he had? And we're, I'm like, I'm, you know, you looked at me, you're like, I bet you he had 25. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet you he had 20, maybe, maybe 27. And then we saw the box score. <laughs> we're, off, we're off by 20, 20 almost 25 yeah. points. He was literally pulling up from just across half court. Yes, yes, he was. And okay. he, was he was hitting everything. He was in everything. And he shot a million free throws. Yeah. It was one of those games where you just kind of like feel the the momentum and, and the zone. And we had had those games. Never 49 points worth. No, no. Ashley, lit up. Ashley was a good player. I mean, yeah, if we had 25, 30 points, we were like, dang, that was a heck of a game. But <laughs> yeah. 49 points in a high school right. game. Right. And other than free throws, that was the closest that he ever came to the basket when he was shooting because he was shooting 30, 35 footers and just draining them. <laughs> yeah. On us. He hit a lot of threes. That, that was um, the old gym too, right? Where like in Union City, yeah. The the bench was against like the, the wall. wall. That, there was yes. no bleachers yes. behind us. All the bleachers were on the other side. Yeah. And some of them were like up on an elevated Yeah, it was like a two tier type yes. of thing. Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. No, I never uh yeah, I've never forgotten that. And, and mostly the reason I didn't forget it was because our our banter back and forth throughout the entire game. <laughs> I, really, I literally I literally remember it was like color commentary and play-by-play going on from the bench. And then by the end of it, I mean, coaches were looking at us because it was almost like, who are you rooting for yeah, here? We because were almost, every time you hit a deep shot, we'd be like, whoa! Yeah, we were almost like fans. We were like, <laughs> yeah, baby! Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I remember about it. Um, yeah, that, that's what, that's one of those, one of those great high school memories. You thirsty? Uh, when am I not? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, as, as part of this, we always do the uh, beverage break before we kind of get into the Q and a session. So, um, as you all know, I always ask my guests kind of what their favorite drink is and 
Um, Ryan's kind of a brother from another mother with regards to my taste buds in, in terms of beer. Um, he's an IPA guy. Mm-hmm. And um, he texted me earlier today. I said, hey, what's your favorite beer? He said, uh, I like Lavery's uh, Dulacon. And I was like, dang, that's a good one. So absolutely ready for a little Dulacon. <laughs> oh, it sounds amazing. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, you and I have spoken before about kind of the ground rules of what we're going to do here in terms of the questions. And um, by the way, here you go. Thank you, sir. It's a cool can, too. I kind of like the, the greenness of it. Very um, local brew. It's local, but it, it, it looks like it's not from here mm-hmm. to me. No. It, it's I like the color combo, yeah. different shades of green. Good artwork. Um, what do you call these little lines above the letters? <laughs> it makes it look like it's like, like Spanish the, or something, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's, it's got fancy. like the accents on it. Yeah, so this is Dulacan, by the way. Cheers. That's that's delicious stuff right there. Really good. So as we talked about, six questions each. Three business, three personal. Um, the one thing I didn't mention to you, um, you may have seen it on previous episodes, is the fact that... You can always veto a question, right? But again, to date, no one has ever vetoed a question, mm-hmm. so no pressure. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so yeah. You fire away first. Do do your business questions, and then uh, ask me the personal questions. Okay, so business questions first. Okay. You got it. Business right. in the front, party in the back. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, the first question I got. So I had a I had a friend in in college. Um, after college, when he was in his early thirties. He, um, he had a condition and he had to have a hip surgery. Okay. And my question is how many times in your lifetime can you have something like that happen? Because obviously, um, when you have a hip replaced, um, or a knee replaced, right. Um, there's a period of time, depending on how much activity and how much stress you put it through that it lasts right before you have to have that done again. And I'm, I don't know anything about it, but I'm assuming that it requires cutting of some bone and things like that. And there's only sometimes only so many times you can cut things and there's probably some degenerative effects. So how you know, if, if you have that done when you're 30, that to me sounds like somebody has got to do something in their late forties and their, and then their early sixties and then in their, so, so almost like that, an annuity, yeah. but, a, but a bad annuity. Exactly. 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 It's like, uh, well, 15 more years before I got to, you know, do that again. Yeah. So, I mean, the length of how long a hip or knee replacement will last is there's no number, right? Um, I can give you some numbers, but they'd be just blatant lies. Um, I think if a well-done hip or knee replacement is performed where the parts are put in at the position that they should be put in for that particular individual and that individual takes care of it. Um, and I don't, by the way, put any restrictions on any of my patients. So, if you want to run, if you want to jump, if you want to go run two or three miles a couple of times a week to get your endorphins up, keep a healthy weight, I'm fine with that. Um, I, I think a lot of the literature will show you that these implants should last a long time. They're not going to last forever. They're man-made materials, metal and plastic and ceramic. Um, the easy number that we have that we tell our patients is 1% failure rate per year of life. A little bit more optimistically, it's 0.5 to 1%, right? But we'll just use 1% for mm-hmm. ease of, of the argument here. So 
at one year after your hip or knee replacement, there's a 99% chance that your hip or knee replacement will still be in and functioning well and you doing well with it. At two years, it's 98%. At three years, it's 97% and so on and so forth. Now, again, keep in mind that it's actually 0.5 to 1. So mm-hmm. it's actually a little bit better than that. Um, it, it's half or, or two times as, as good as that. But that being said, um, I've never met a hip or I've never met a knee that I couldn't fix with some degree of surgery. That doesn't mean that like you want to keep going back and doing more and more surgeries. Like for me, my goal is to do one operation, do it the best I can and make it last as long as I possibly can make it last. Right. Um, but if, and when it fails, if the metal parts are still good and they're still functioning and they're still attached to the bone and there's no bone loss, you can theoretically go in and just change the polyethylene insert and hopefully get another 15 to 20 years. If that's what they got the first time. Um, if there's bone loss or if there's infection or if they fracture or this or that, um, and there's multiple reasons for failure of, of hip or knee replacement implants, um, we have to get a little bit more creative and we have to start using things, especially bone loss. That's like our biggest, uh, I guess, enemy when we're dealing infection, number one, but bone loss that is not secondary to infection is the, like the second hardest thing to treat. And we have to get creative by replacing that bone loss with either metal or cement. And, you know, we can use screws that kind of function like rebar with mm-hmm. cement uh, or we can use metal augments to kind of fill those defects. I just did a revision knee replacement on a gentleman last week. Um, he uh, had this knee replacement done, I think, about six or seven years ago at an outside facility. The femoral component was completely loose, and he had had a ton of bone resorption behind the femoral component uh, to the point where I thought it was going to be much more extensive than it was. It was still a very, very big revision knee operation, but... I had used a combination of augments, so big metal blocks that I put on the backside of the implant to kind of make up for that gap between mm-hmm. the, the metal and the bone. And I had to put some screws in that bone to kind of hold the cement and strengthen the cement almost like rebar would. So I, I guess long answer to your, to your question is like, there's no like age limit. There's no number of times. It's just like where there's a problem, there's a solution the ultimate, which is like what none of us ever want to do, is we can do a total femoral replacement where we literally take out the entire femur. We put a hip replacement above and we put a knee replacement down below. They don't function tremendously well. There's a lot of dead space because the muscles and tendons can't reattach to that mm-hmm. metal. To the material. Yeah. Um, and they, there's a high incidence of infection and failure rate on that. But um, we, we try everything we can before amputation is really kind of like the last, I guess, salvage procedure. Hmm. So, so, I mean, over that time period, if there is any uh, degeneration, does, does, does the leg, I mean, does it literally shorten? It can. Yeah. Especially if there's bone loss and the implants become loose, they can start to shorten. Like on this particular individual, I don't know how he was walking. Cause when I went in, like his femoral component was completely loose. Usually I have to work to get it off. It can appear loose on the x-rays, but you still have to work to detach it. This one, there was no work whatsoever. I made the incision, opened his knee up, and I pulled it out with my fingers. That's how loose it was because there was so much bone loss there. But yeah, you can get shortening of the limb with that. So, I mean, I got to imagine, I'm just just thinking about, um, you know, engineering mindset on this. So, you know, whenever I have a system that's functioning, right, and and I do have some issue like that, then 
you know, that's just going to move a problem. Right. So that's going to, that's, uh, so is there a place that that normally, that, that you normally, so, so if, if a situation like that starts to happen with somebody and it's going to cause them some type of limp, right. Or it's going to cause them some type of, of odd movement in their walking or their running. Um, you know, where's the next place that that's going to, is it the back? Is it the other knee? Is it the other hip? Is it their lower extremities like where yeah that's a great question i mean um whether it's an arthritic joint or it's a joint that's replaced that isn't doing well you're always going to affect the joint above and the joint below so the forces are going to go either to the ankle joint or probably more commonly to the hip joint and then the hip joint to the back right the si joints and the lower lumbar spine so it is a chain uh, everything is connected. You know, the leg bone's connected, the hip bone, the hip bone's connected, the pelvis. Mm-hmm. That old, I've heard that song. Yeah. You've, you, you, and by the way, maybe we can do a version of that a little bit later <laughs> when, when you break yeah. your guitar up. But um, yeah, you're going to start to stress other other joints and you may start to stress your other knee, right? If we're talking about a knee replacement that has failed, you may start to favor it and limp and start to put more stress on your opposite knee and cause that to degenerate quicker too. So it's complex, but... Um, yeah, you know, where there's a, pro- I, I always tell my boys this, and I tell my my staff this: where there's a problem, there's a solution. Okay. So is that one question, or is that? Well, like- I I don't know. I, <laughs> that can be as many well, questions as you want it to be, but that was very. That's we'll give you we'll give you one point five for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. All right. Well. Okay. So next professional question. So you're. Um, you're an entrepreneurial type guy, right? Um, I, I like to I like to think of myself also as as, as one. So, I just think back to some of my own experiences, and what it what it makes me wonder about you because I know you got a lot going on. What opportunity? Because you know opportunities are all about timing. Sometimes timing doesn't work. Timing is actually probably one of the most important things that I, I think timing's everything. <laughs> right. So, so um, what opportunity? did you miss out on that you regret? Oh gosh. The MBA. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't a timing problem, buddy. I, I love you and all, but that wasn't a timing issue. <laughs> it was, um, you know, I wasn't quick enough. I wasn't fast enough. I couldn't jump high enough. It was just timing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, hit exactly, my, I exactly. hit my peak a little later, Ryan. Yeah, you just didn't realize that. No. Um, in all seriousness, um, gosh, I mean, and I'm not saying this like arrogantly at all. Like, I don't feel like I missed out on any worthwhile. Now, if if you brought me back to a moment, there was obviously disappointments, right? Where, where something didn't work out. And at that time, I probably was crushed because I was just like, gosh, this is, I had my whole life planned around this and I was planning to do this and it didn't work out. And I would say, well, the timing wasn't right. And but but everything like that that happened, there was always another opportunity that came across right on the heels of it that ended up not only working out, but working out more in my favor. So I I honestly I can't think of any particular opportunities where timing um there were times where, you know, I would say like where there was a business opportunity. And I was like, gosh, this seems, this seems amazing. This seems awesome. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't work out because the timing wasn't right. Maybe I thought it was right for myself, but maybe it wasn't right on the other end. 
But when I've had more time to reflect on that, it probably wasn't right on anybody's end. And the things that have worked out either worked out a little slower than I thought they would have or wanted mm-hmm. wanted them to. Um, and the, the timing at the time seemed like, gosh, this doesn't seem like great timing. But when it all came together, it was like, it, I'm a firm believer, and I'm not trying to get too spiritual here, but like, I truly believe that like things will happen when God wants them to happen and when God's ready for them to happen. And if you try to push it um, and it's not the right time, it's just... It's like trying to to push a, a a heavy cart uphill when you have no help yeah, to do it. You're Sisyphus, you're, you're, right? You're you're you're, you're, you're 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 fighting like physics, yeah. right? Yeah, that was Sisyphus, right? The pushing the pushing much. the rock up the hill, right, for it only to come back down. Yeah, do it every day, and then get his eyes pecked out by, exactly <laughs> by the birds, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll um, give you a half. One half more business question or one more business question. <laughs> so, all right. Well, so you've done, you've done a lot of amazing things, right? You opened up the surgery center and everything. I'm, I'm very proud of you, by the way. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, very proud of you, Ryan. Um, now, this might be a little bit of a cliche question, but it depends on how you take it, right? So right now you've got, you've got an amazing thing going Right. And, and there's lots of lot more opportunities out there in life. Right. You know, you're you're very good about um, about putting yourself out there to be available for the opportunities. Right. Yeah. So. If you can say, because maybe you can't, because maybe there isn't anything or maybe there is something. What's the next one? Yeah. So, I mean, there's always opportunities. Right. And, and with having three young boys, one of my big things that I always say to them is like, when that door gets knocked on, you have two choices. You can either ignore it, or I guess you have three options. You can ignore it blatantly. You can look to see who it is and choose to ignore it or open it, or you can just open it without even looking, right? I'm probably the middle guy where I'll look and I'll I'll take calculated risks to see what the opportunity is, but one of the things that I always pride myself on is like, there is no harm in having a conversation with somebody or an organization to see what those opportunities may be. Well, and, what do you have in the works right now? Do you have anything in the works right now? Yeah, oh, there's always things in the works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm also pretty big on like uh, stealth mode, right? Like, so I try yeah. to fly into the radar until it's time to like make an announcement. And even though there's no announcements, that doesn't mean that there's nothing happening um, without, is that like, your way of saying ixnay on the question? A no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not vetoing it. I, I, I'll just say that there, there are kind of sound like a veto. I'm saying <laughs> there, there are some some very interesting, exciting uh, projects that I'm working on right now that are looking more into um, delivering healthcare to uh, a broader range of people, organizations, businesses, um, it, but kind of to the degree that I've kind of like modeled my entire practice after it was just like it, it it's almost like think about concierge med- medicine think about like medical tourism think about um you know vip type services so it's like doing things a level above what most people would think of healthcare as because i truly believe that the healthcare system in this country 
is 100% flawed. Um, I think that the healthcare insurance industry is 100% flawed and it will crumble. It will crash within the next couple of years. Um, and honestly, within the next couple of weeks, I, I plan to kind of like unveil um, an opportunity or my next vision of what I think can be maybe not the, the, the fail safe like solution for all, but I do think it will play a major role in this country. And if not on this planet, because I, I think the United States is like, we're in a real tight situation, but there's other countries that are not far behind us with right. the healthcare crisis that we have and bringing healthcare to that next level so that people can get great healthcare at affordable costs is uh, one of my lifelong missions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, there is, um, you know, a lot of people have different ideas about how to, how to fix the quandary. I'll call it that, that we're in, in, in the country specifically on the healthcare side. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I used to, um, not long ago, um, worked with some folks from Canada. They would kind of lived in Buffalo and I worked in downtown Buffalo and I had a lot of folks that would come across, um, to work in Buffalo from, uh, from Fort Erie and a few and uh, even Toronto Ontario. maybe yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. from from uh, from the, from basically from the Ontario area um, and they would all tell me the same thing they would all say the same thing like if somebody if you know they 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 pay a significant amount of tax right um, these individuals were paying you know forty percent of their pay and it and it's not, um, let's put it this way. They weren't on the end of the graduated system that would say they should be paying 40%. Yeah. Right. right? So it's not, let's just it, it's not that. like the United States where right, they're right, right. No, 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 no. It's, it's not like they were making, uh, more than two or three or $400,000 a year to put themselves in that tax bracket. No, 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 nothing like that at all. These, these were working class folks. And whenever they had a serious health issue, they were weeks, if not months, before they could see anybody. And if they, if they had to go for any emergency type stuff, I mean, literally they would, you know, I mean, everybody, Hey, I go to the emergency room. I was there for six hours. Now I'm telling you they're there for four days. Yeah. It's miserable. It's terrible. So the, if there's something serious happened, they would literally come over to the United States and, and, and figure out how they could see somebody here. Yeah. And so, they would pay for it. And they would right? absolutely. And, and, yes. and it was about making it make sense for them. Mm -hmm. I had that in Detroit. Uh, when I was in practice there because all coming would, across the bridge. Right? Yeah. We would, we would have them come across the bridge and um, from Windsor mm -hmm. and they'd be willing to pay cash to have their hip or knee replaced because in Canada, currently the wait time is 18 to 24 months for hip or knee replacement. 18 to 24 months. Yeah. It's a year and a half to two years. Doesn't surprise me. I know, I know one of the, one of the individuals, um, they, there are a couple of the guys I knew they were twins, right? They were in their, they were in their fifties. They were twins. Great guys. Um, and uh, one of them was having an issue with his eye. He was like starting to lose his vision in his eye and he couldn't get in to see somebody for eight weeks. He's going, he's losing his vision. He's got compression, you know, he's got swelling and they told him, oh, we'll see you, you know, about eight weeks. What am I going to do? Just lose my vision. Yeah. Right? You, get, you get two yeah. eyeballs. Yeah. Right. So, um, there, it, they're really, uh, What's going on up there is not a better system. That's for sure. And, I, yeah. and that comes from the people that live it. Okay. That's not just me saying that. Yeah. That's, no, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to get political, yeah, but no, people that think that socialized medicine is the cure, uh, just call anybody in Canada and say, Hey, yeah. what do you think of socialized medicine? Cause yeah. 
I guarantee they're probably not fans. Exactly, and and I knew quite a few of these a uh, few of these folks, right? Because uh, again, because of living so close, right? And a lot of people worked in Buffalo, um, and they all pretty much said the same thing. Yeah, all of them. It's a crisis. So, well, let's yeah. let's make it a little lighter conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Any, no, <laughs> I mean I could talk about that all day. I mean that is a huge passion of mine. But um, personal questions. Hmm. So, so one of the things that I always wondered was if you didn't take this path, right? You, um, You're stealing my question. Oh, oh I'm no, I'm going to ask the same question, but yeah. But if you didn't take this path, what, what, what was, what was number two, right? What, what was the, what, if, you know, if they say, say med school doesn't work out or I'm, you know, this isn't what, I'm, what, what, what am I going to do? What do I, what, what, what do I feel passionate about to do other than this? Cause everybody's got things yeah so there wasn't a backup plan i can tell you that it was this is gonna work i'm gonna make it work period end of discussion failure is not an option but that doesn't mean that um there's not other things in my head that i would have enjoyed doing and if i had to do it all over again and go back in time but at that time it wasn't like all right i'm gonna do this and if i don't get accepted or if that doesn't work out I'm going to do this because I didn't have any of those plan B wheels in motion, but it would have been something along the lines of like architectural engineering. Um, I would love to have been an architect. Um, I love designing things, whether it was my office, whether it was um, this basement, whether it was like, I just, I like artistic stuff. I like engineering. I like building things. I like creating things. So it's just like my, I, I was saying that to you earlier. It's just like, just have a creative side to me that um i really really enjoy like building something from nothing yeah oh, that's that's cool that's yeah. it's commendable i i can uh i can understand right i have yeah i have a creative piece of myself you that, definitely do yeah <laughs> yeah that I, that I enjoy so no i get that all right cool that's good um all right next question so um this is this is more so out of all the you've got to travel obviously a lot of places because of your profession right so where is some place you haven't gone yet that you want to great question everybody that's always asked me a, a similar question has said where's your favorite place to go now, right? you've places already been there you've yeah, been there right been there. Where, where haven't you gotten to yet that you're like i'm going to get there yeah um gosh it would be probably someplace very uh tropical like i've always wanted to go like south america think um and i know these aren't necessarily close to one another but like either brazil or like argentina chile i mean they're in the same continent not necessarily geographically close or i would love to go like to thailand like Mm -hmm. i just i love culture i love architecture i love nature um and to be able to like embrace a a different culture that is very, very different from what we're used to. Um, And and to just like kind of take that in. And that's where like the South America, I mean, Thailand too, is just like, you know, you get the nature aspect of it too. Um, And I know you've been over to Asia, but uh, Mm -hmm. like Japan too would be another really hot ticket item on on, on my, um, to to do list bucket list that I haven't done yet. 
Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, um, another individual we went to high school with, uh, Brian Scullin, lives in Okinawa. He's lived Ooh. in Okinawa for a long time. Very nice. Yeah. Yep. Boombay Sasaki, you remember him? He was a oh, foreign, uh, foreign exchange student. Yeah. Yeah. He was my year. Um, we stayed in touch for a period of time afterwards, but I would love to reconnect with him and go over and, and take my family and just embrace that culture. Yeah. You, um, yeah. Did you, did you watch all the Cobra Kai stuff? Oh, every single episode. <laughs> every single episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last one. All right, last question. All right. Um, so this is a similar, but this isn't, this isn't, you know, where, where haven't you gone that you want to go? This is more in... 10, 15 years. What's Ryan Molly doing? Boy, you're just like, you already, you must have watched some of these episodes. I usually do that at the end, but oh. I usually ask my guests that. It, no, oh. no one ever asked me that question. So 10, 15 years. Um, I mean, 10 years. I'm probably still here doing what I do right now. Probably not like I'm doing it right now. Hopefully better. Um, just because family, right? So like, the boys and Karen are so important to me. So I can't see myself relocating before 10 years, 15 years, maybe. Um, but I want to be able to do orthopedic surgery as long as I enjoy it, as long as I'm still really good at it. And as long as people want me to still do it for them. Right. Like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. a huge advocate for like not going beyond your time, knowing when the right time is to kind of hang it up, whether it's, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, you know, like I want to be in that category of like legendary orthopedic surgeons, but so don't be Shaq. Yeah. Don't be Shaq. Don't be um, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Don't be. And, and, and maybe, I mean, Jordan, he came back out of retirement, you know, you can maybe put his name in there yeah. a little bit, but like we don't when you're the those goat, <laughs> you, you can still kind of like get away with a little bit yeah. of that. Cause he was still, averaging 24 points a game. So he was yeah. still contributing, but it was it was kind of ugly to watch. Yeah. So I don't want to be ugly to watch. I want it to be like smooth, crisp, but there's probably not going to ever come a point until I'm like either demented or not able to physically work um, where I won't be doing something business related, right? Like mm -hmm. I love creating things. I love trying to make things better, whether it's consulting, whether it's... Um, you know, just building businesses and and all that goes with that. That's very, very invigorating to me. So I see myself doing that for for the long haul. Uh, real estate, I really like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, family is super important to me too. So I, I envision myself in the next 10 to 15 years traveling a lot more, probably having another place to kind of call home. Not full-time, but a little getaway. And... Um, Culturally, I'm, I'm a huge um, fan of like who I am and where I'm from. I've been to Italy multiple times. I've seen where my father's side of the family is. I'd love to see where my mother's side of the family kind of comes from and, and visit those areas. And next summer, we're planning to go to Greece to see where my wife's family's from and to just build those relationships with those people and, and to expose my, my kids to that. Yeah, that's... Uh... 
That's a good answer. That's, yeah. that's cool. That's, it's, it's a good um, good space to be in. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Pretty low pressure, too. Yeah. You ready to turn the tables here? Oh, hey, sure. So business first. Okay. okay. All right. So what would you... Let me ask this question before I ask my first question. What would you say your um, your job title is for what you do on a daily basis? I mean, I know you're kind of a plant manager, yeah. but so so yeah. So I've um, like pretty much the last uh, yeah, pretty much the last fifteen years ish. Um, I've been running operations for companies for the most part. Um, you know, prior to that uh, was. Uh, engineering quality, you know, um, I've, I've dominantly in my professional career, um, outside of like, you know, private business stuff that me and my wife do, I've worked in manufacturing, right? So, um, you know, realistically there, there's a lot of process development that has to happen, right? There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of leadership that has to happen, right? I mean, manufacturing, it's, it's you're nothing without the machines are nothing without the people to make the things happen. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, so right now, um, that's a good way to put it. My title is plant manager. Um, and, and the last place I was at, I ran multiple of their plants. Um, that was a, that was a great company called power drives They're located out of Buffalo. Um, now I'm working for a company here. Uh, uh they're called tech tank. Um, they, a wonderful group of people, uh, an individual named Brock. What is the name again? Tech tank. Tech tank. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, like shark tank, but tech. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually started. Uh, it's a really good story. It was it was it was started here um, in the 2000 teens by an individual named Brock Allen, um, who uh, he you know basically has a has a master's in plastics um, uh, engineering. It's a it's a injection molding shop, um, and he started a business where they were you know taking people's ideas and kind of bringing them to life and making them manufacturable, you know and you know after a while. You, know, you sort of realize that um, a lot of people have ideas and they got less money to come with it, right, to help make it happen. So a lot of people started asking him, can you make this stuff for me, right? So he started buying some machines and started making products. And next thing you know, um, which I think is wonderful because, again, coming from northwest Pennsylvania, my heart's in northwest Pennsylvania, Yeah, right? That's where my heart's at. Um, and, you know, I love seeing somebody start a business that's going to provide jobs and it's going to provide you know, to the tax base and it's going to provide, you know, it, it's good for the area. Um, so, uh, while I was working up in Buffalo, um, uh, a mutual friend put us in, put us in touch, a gentleman named Mike Burroughs, good buddy of ours. I know that guy. Yeah. Future um, podcast guest. Yeah. Put us, he, uh, so Mike, um, put me and Brock in touch with each other and Brock was like, yeah, I'm growing a business here and I could definitely use, uh, I could definitely use all the good help I can get. So, you know, we talked and, you know, next thing you know, I'm, you know, moving back to Pennsylvania. So, uh, but, um, you know, we're, you know, the, the company is, is a growing company. So some days, some days I'm the plant manager, some days I'm IT, some days I'm HR, some days I'm. Yeah. You wear multiple hats. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, so that's how it goes. You know, that's a small group of guys that are, that are running a shop that, you know, now they're, you know, just over a hundred employees. So. So you obviously, again. You, you said it yourself, you wear multiple hats. Absolutely. And where, I always really have. You know, most yeah. So where, where do you see, because we all get what we have from somebody or something, mm -hmm. whether it's 
undergrad, whether it's our parents, whether it's our grandparents, whether it's a mentor, Mm -hmm. like where do you see kind of your superpowers from, from your work coming from? Is there an individual that you can say like, Hey, this person helped me to create this. And this is where I, I really excel because of this person. There's, there's, there's multiple really, you know, so from a, a, like a work ethic standpoint, um, a lot of that comes from, from my, from my mother. Right. Um, you know, she was a, man, she was an, an RN in Titusville at the hospital for 40 years. Um, she was the nurse manager, right? So when, you know, when, um, somebody called off or, you know, they didn't have enough folks, she was the one that had to deal with it. Right. So, I mean, that seeing that growing up and that, that came from her father, right. Um, uh, that, you know, that's where she got it from, uh, from my grandfather, um, on my mom's side. Uh, so, you know, my grandpa and my mom was where that came from. Um, and then the artistic side of me, uh, you know, and the, the, the music side and the songwriting and the, the, I mean, anything I like to, I like to write. Um, I, you know, when I was younger, I used to love to write, let's call them short stories or small books, you know, little, you know, short, short stories, really. That's the, so I used to love to do that kind of stuff. All that, that came from my dad. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Rich, yeah, right? I do. he's a great guy. That's he's, why I'm, that's why I'm grinning over here because yeah, I, I know both your parents Yeah, and so I love that, to, to hear cause that came from, I didn't dad. know He's, all this. <laughs> oh yeah. My, so, you know, my, my, my father again was always, always playing music when I was young. Um, he was just very, very talented. He was, he was just good at things. Right. So when he was in high school, before he was injured, he was one of the best athletes, right. The, you know, and, and everybody tells me this as I'm growing up, everybody, you know, and then, you know, but I, by the way, I hate to interrupt because I was telling my boys this. Your dad was almost drafted oh, professionally yeah. for baseball, yes, correct? Yes, yes, correct. That's correct. My my father, my father was um, in the midst of he was one of those high school kids that was in the midst of being recruited, yeah, for for um, minor league baseball, yeah, to, to develop into yes. My boys were literally asking me that earlier tonight yes. when I was saying, "Hey, you were coming over," and they're yeah, like, my, "Didn't his dad almost play professional baseball?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And I mean, and it was it was in his you know mid teens that this was happening, right? So again, different day, right? Things happen different, uh, differently than, than they do now. But, um, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, when he was, a, when he was a freshman and there wasn't even, you know, again, our area was an area that always had volleyball, right? Um, which I, I, I tribute to Denny Patton. Yeah, for right? sure. <laughs> right. Mr. Patton. Tri- yeah. A tribute to Denny Patton. Great guy. Also another wonderful person. Yeah. Um, but I think you might, you know, I've heard the story from many, many folks, not my father, right. But other folks that, yeah, he, when he was a, when he was a freshman, when freshmen didn't play sports back in the early seventies, it's just didn't happen. Right. The freshmen sat and the upperclassmen played that, you know, he started on the team that went and played at States as a freshman in volleyball. And then, you know, he got to play varsity basketball and he got to play varsity football. But his sport was baseball, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Baseball was a sport. He was how, most how did he do for. that in volleyball? Um, cause weren't so they both played, spring sports he, or, uh, honestly back then, I don't know how the setup was. I do know that he played a lot of summer ball. Okay. Right. So, you know, he was getting exposure through yes. that. Yes. But, um, yeah, yeah. And then, he, um, and then he had an injury, right? So he wasn't, wasn't able to follow through on that stuff. Yeah. But, 
but yeah, he, he after that, I just remember being a kid, and so yeah, he was good. He was good at sports, and everybody knew that kind of. A lot of people knew my dad, and then he would just pick up instruments and play them. Like he was playing the. When I was a kid, he used to play the the, the lap steel, you know, um, and you know, then all of a sudden just picked up a banjo and started playing a banjo, and then you know, he was always playing in bands, singing and and uh, playing bass and. When I was a kid, I remember him playing around on a guitar, and yeah. So could he just hear it in his head? Yes, all he was an ear player, totally. So he could just hear it and then mess around with the instrument enough. And next thing you knew, he could play it. Yeah, yeah. So that fortunately, and don't get me wrong, there's lots of hours of having to work and work through things to make it happen. You know, I realize that now as I'm older, right? But yeah, um, he was always able to make that happen, and he would, you know. Bands were good. It was, yeah. It was pretty good. I've heard them. <laughs> right. So I guess kind of my last business question is um, similar to what you asked me, but I'm going to give you some parameters, right? Mm-hmm. So if you weren't doing what you do now as a plant manager, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take away your music outlet too, can't mm-hmm. be a professional musician, what would it be that Ryan Ray would be doing at this point in life? Oh, man. So... There was a period of time when I was young when I wanted to be, a very brief period where I wanted, of all things, I wanted to be an attorney. So contemplated that a lot when I was, you know, in high school age, right? What am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? But, you know, I had an uncle who was in engineering and, you know, my Uncle Todd, actually. And that, that was something that seemed, you know, cool and fun. So I did that, right? But so maybe that... Um, you know, another thing that I've been blessed in life, um, you know, over the years, our good friend Mike, you know, he uh, also a really entrepreneurial guy, driven guy, right? And, you know, they, people say, or one of the sayings is, you know, you're, you're, kind of the, you're kind of the average of the four or five people that you spend the most time with over time, right? Yeah. And he has definitely helped kind of, push me and introduce me to folks, right. That, that may at some point in time been out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Which is in a good, you know, so it's all been a good thing. Um, and me and my wife are fortunate to do some things on the real estate side. And a lot of that came from relationships that we built through people through Mike and through people that we met yeah. through him. So, um, you know, I'd love to say some type of small business owner. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I really think it would be something like that. I really do. Uh, you know, I'm, Everybody's a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm not the, and again, since I've worked in manufacturing so long, right, I kind of take it back to this. I'm not, I'm not the, I like a little bit of variety when I'm doing things, right? Um, so things that are the same task over and over again or can be monotonous, you know, those type of jobs sometimes aren't for me. I need, I need to be able to think and problem solve. Like that's what interests me. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, running a running a small business. I, I, who knows what that business could be, right? Um, but I think you'd be successful at it, regardless yeah. of what it was. I do. That, that's probably what I would end up because you're a leader, point. right? You've oh, done you. that I've done athletically that. throughout mm-hmm. the years that I've known you. You've done that throughout your professional career, um, and you've surrounded yourself with enough really smart people that if you didn't always know the answer, just like myself, like you kind of you were able to figure out how to get the answer, right? By asking other people right. that may specialize in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, going back to, you know, the, the, you're talking the, the superpowers. Uh, 
meeting folks that, that helped mentor, mentor me through, you know, um, anything from a rental property, right? And what can that turn into? I mean, what can the next thing be? You know, just being able to meet people to help you do that, realize, oh, never really thought about, uh, you know, never really thought about a house like that or a mortgage like that or, yeah, uh, yeah really, really helps. I've been very fortunate in life. Been surrounded by a lot of good people like yourself. Yeah. So. Very blessed. So, so the personal questions. I'm going to do something a little differently tonight than I've ever done before with any of these podcast episodes. I'm going to ask you one personal question. I know I get three, mm-hmm. but then my last two are going to be something very different, but very unique. And I think very cool. So <laughs> first real question is, um, wait, th- this I, doesn't involve the lights going off and whipped cream or anything stupid like that. Sorry, sorry, dang Mrs. it. Sorry, Mrs. Mullen. We got to re- <laughs> Jay. Can you edit this? Cause now I have to restart all my questions. He guessed it. No. So my first and only real question is I'd like to hear more about your wife, Julie, like yeah. who she is, what she does, how you guys met. And like, um, you know, just, just like your relationship with her. And then we're going to get into some fun stuff for questions two and three. Okay. So, um, my wife, Julie is amazing. She's, she's an amazing person. Um, so we met man a long time, a long time ago now, 2004. Um, but we actually technically met before 2004, but that's 2004 is kind of the beginning. Yeah. So was that when you first started dating? Yeah. Then? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, she's from, she's from Erie. Um, and how we ended up actually meeting, I was, I was playing around town, um, playing a lot of venues, playing, you know, playing bands and stuff. And I worked at a place called OEM Erie that her cousin, um, and her cousin, her cousin, you know, was, it, the cousin was much older, but the, the cousin, um, turned out to be my boss. Oh, wow. So that's how this actually happened. So, so I was working, I started there as an intern when I was in, in college. Um, so I started at this place as an intern and I was working in their quality lab and the quality manager at that time was a woman named Diane Thompson and it happened to be Julie's cousin. So, um, Diane would, you know, tell the family and stuff that, Oh, I got this guy who's, you know, he's, he's out, he's, He's our little local rock star, right? He's out there playing in the bars and stuff. Do you, um, we're going to go see him one of these nights. Do you want to go? So um, there was a place. It's not there anymore. Back then, it was I think it was called Scorchers. Yeah. Do you, do you, remember, yeah. Do you remember Scorchers? Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, so one night, we played a gig at, at Scorchers, and Julie and her parents came with Diane and her, Diane's husband, John. So... That's the first time I remember ever meeting her. And it was just kind of like, hi, oh, hey, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you can play the show. Um, but fortunately, I made a little bit of an impression, right? So at least, at least I think I did. In my mind, I did. It, was it the <laughs> voice? Was it the guitar? Was it a combo? Uh, you'd have to ask her. Okay. You'd ha- you'd, that, that you'd have to ask her. I, um, but that, at that point in time, I had, uh, oh, man, this is thinking back, I had long hair. <laughs> so yeah yeah so um you know here i am up there jumping around and 
twirling around a bunch of long hair that's, you know, halfway down my back. <laughs> <laughs> then were the days, right? Back, back when it was a different color. Um, so after that, every once in a while, I would, then at least then I'd recognize her. So then I would see her out at some different places. And, um, you know, we'd play at Sherlock's, which is a place that's no longer there anymore either. It makes me feel old. Um, but we, I'd go down, we'd play at Sherlock's a lot, and every once in a while I'd run into her there. Right. And then uh, what ended up happening is in, in, in 2004, it was Diane had a birthday party. Okay. Um, and uh, I'll probably get this wrong, but I think it was her 60th birthday party. Um, and I went, to the, I went to the birthday party, and so did some other people from work. And I remember um, Julie coming in, and you know, she actually came over and asked if I wanted to sit with her and her because I was sitting by myself, right? Because the folks I the folks I was there with from work they left, and I was just kind of sitting at the table all by myself. And they invited me over to hang out with them. So after that happened, I asked her out. So that's kind of how like we met and the first date materialized and all that kind of stuff. Um, now she is uh, she is especially putting up with me. She is the most patient person. Oh God, <laughs> more patient than Karen oh. dealing with me. Uh, well, I, close, close. I can I can I can be a handful. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, those of you out there that know me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the Ryan thing because uh-huh. I've got the same thing going on with oh, myself. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Trust me. It, 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 your dad has given me the look of disappointment before. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it a couple times yeah, too. That's right. That's right. I deserved it when it happened. You know, I deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. You're old. I totally deserved it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I can be a handful. Um, no, most patient person. She so for for almost 20 years, she worked at the uh, at the school at the Gertrude Barber Center at the uh, not at one of the group homes, but at the school with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so. did you know that Karen's actually working with the Barber Center now? Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, that's she fantastic. She started that probably about three or four months ago. Yeah. That's like her passion in life. Yeah. So. That, yeah. That's that. Julie did that for a long time, and um, actually, she quit when we moved to Buffalo for for you know, and and that's I mean that's a whole other scenario, right? Like we, uh, yeah. She's she's just been uh, wonderful throughout the years. You know, I come home and it's like, you know, honey, I, th- I think we got to move to Buffalo. Yeah. And she's like, whatever we got to do, hon. Well, that's what makes a great, you know, kind of co-pilot, right, mm-hmm. in life, whether it's your your business partner, your your spouse, your wife, your husband, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. is they um, support you throughout, no matter what you're going through at that moment, and unconditionally, right? They know that this is what you need to do at that point, and uh, it, oftentimes it comes as a sacrifice for them, personally. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I mean, I everything we have... Yeah, uh, you know, to this day, I, 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 you know, we have the property management business and stuff and she hand, I mean, she works, right. She works full time right now. She worked at the barber center for a long time when we were, when we were up in New York, um, we had some friends, she worked at the a barbecue restaurant and then she was, you know, she's worked at Lowe's now for, for several years too. You know, it's, um, and in addition to that, she handles the, you know, the bulk of the property management stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, like I said, I love a lot of, a lot if not all of what we have. What we have is you know because you know we're we're a team. But she, 
We wouldn't. I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for her, dude. Seriously, she's one. Teamwork makes a dream work, That's right? right, man. So for uh, right. questions two and three, I want to do something fun. Yeah, what's that? You brought your guitar. I did. You asked me to bring me. Yeah, I brought the guitar today. I'm gonna go grab it. Okay. All right. So Jay, you're gonna do your little editing thing where you're like, make it look like it's happening really quickly. <laughs> I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get him another beer, and I'm gonna get him his guitar. And when we come back, you're going to hear Ryan Ray. Hey guys, welcome back. So uh, questions two and three are going to be a little different, a little unique. Um, I asked you to bring your guitar tonight, Ryan, and I've always enjoyed listening to you play, um, whether it was at a house party in college, a bar, or whatever it may be. Um, And by the way, everybody, this is the guy that did the song (laughs) for this podcast. So I think That's just true. if you could just give a little bit of that, <laughs> yeah. you know, when I first kind of reached out to you, I said, "Hey, a little bit of the old Hank yeah. sound," but it's uh, a, yeah, it's the it's the it's the Hank parody. Yeah, it's parody. Give us a little bit of that first. Lawless country people are real close family. Lately, some of my kinfolk don't get around the good you see. This side's gonna win. Oh, oh, hold on. We gotta, we gotta edit that. What's the second part? <laughs> All these country people are real close family. Lately, some of my kinfolk don't get around the good you see. And when that doctor asked me, son, how'd you get in this condition? I says he saw bones and just carrying on old family tradition. I want to know, Doc, why do you think boom, boom, I got pain boom, in boom, my joints? Boom, 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 he is working hard in this life that's too short. Stop and think it over. Try to put yourself in my position. Hey, some bones, I'm just carrying on an old family, family tradition. So, one of the things I've always thought about when I heard you sing, Ryan, was I always heard different people. I've heard Eddie Vedder. Recently, I've heard Chris Stapleton in your voice. Um, I, I just feel like you kind of have like this very mesmerizing voice. Can you, can you do either of those two artists? And and because I think you could nail both of them. Yeah, yeah we do do a little. Uh, let's see, Chris, uh, we'll go Pearl Jam first, right? So. Clear 
Stapleton, and then you kind of do what you want to do. All right, Stapleton. Bunch of it up, that's okay. No, dude, they can hear it, they can see it. So, give us, I mean, a little bit more of like one of your favorite songs to play, just like who you are. If there's like some classic Ryan Ray song, um, so what are your yeah, favorite songs to play? Yeah, you gotta yeah, have no, one, there's right? a ton. Really, like, right now, we're doing so much new stuff, which is awesome. Um, so that the, the, the band that we just started, Ray and the County Kind, um, again, we're doing some original country. That's you know Southern rock esque, mm-hmm. right? So uh, yeah, so here I'll do do one of those. Can't wait to see the neon light. 
few more miles in the room full of smiles. Come shine glass spirit delight in the bar. Stoop to sit on tonight. Float the whiskey river to the morning in town. Come good friends, you had to do it up right. I need me to die bar tonight, yeah. Before we go into the the rest of the podcast here, so you know, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Oh man, it's it's my favorite band of all time. Um, just 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 finish me off with a little Pink Floyd. <laughs> man, I normally play this on the fiddle. <laughs> what do you think? I wish you were here. Are you think? Oh, there it is. Tell a green field 
from coast to rail, smile from veil. Do you think you can tell? Did they get you to trade? Your heroes for ghosts, hot ashes for trees, hot air for cool breeze, cold comfort for change. Did you exchange walk on power and war for lead role in a cage? I want to harmonize with you in the chorus. Harmony, J. Harmony. It's all good, dude. It's Ryan Ray, folks. And seriously, check him out. His uh, Ray upcoming... in the yeah. Check us out, Ray in the County kind. And how can they find you, by the way? So um, you can follow us on Facebook, right? Um, it uh, so if you go on to Facebook, we are Ray in the County kind. You'll be able to look us up in the search. Um, also, we are. I also have another band. It's a bluegrass band. It's one of one of the joys of my life. I get to play music with my father. The Chain Gang. Yeah, The Chain Gang. So if you're on Facebook, check us out. It's The Chain Gang of Northwest PA. All right. Um, and then, you know, I also play in a band in Buffalo. Playing a classic rock band in Buffalo still, too. Um, that one's called Red Sky Night. So again, check us out on Facebook, too. That's Red Sky Night. So if you happen to be in Buffalo, come out and see us play. You like the bluegrass? Every summer, come on out. Playing lots of gigs. And then, you know, very recently here, Ray in the County kind, bringing some Americana country to the area. Awesome. All right. You heard it here, guys. So we're going to get repositioned here and we'll uh, rejoin you in a couple minutes. Okay. Thanks, guys. Ryan, thank you. That was awesome. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Dude. It's fantastic. We're not done yet. We got a couple more things to do. Okay. All, right. um, all my boys play travel baseball. So we, we kind of like throw a little bit of baseball into this. We call it the Sawbone seventh inning shoe stretch. All right. I asked you to bring or wear your one of your favorite pairs of shoes or at least a pair of shoes that have some meaning, a story behind them. So um, let's hear what you're wearing and let's hear your story. So I'm wearing cowboy boots. So this is, uh, you know, this they have become my favorite footwear, which I don't know how that happened in my life, but it did. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple years ago. Um, 
Burroughs. He's like, have you ever tried cowboy boots? And I'm like, no, no, I haven't. And it doesn't seem like something I'm going to. He's like, no, no, you should really try them. He tells me how comfortable they are. He wears cowboy boots? Occasionally. Occasionally. I've never not, seen Mike yeah. in cowboy boots. But. Yeah, no, 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 no. He, he's definitely got some cowboy boots. I, okay. maybe, he, maybe he watched Yellowstone a couple times. Maybe, <laughs> you know, but. He's got a thing for Kevin Costner, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but no, it was great advice because one day I actually was like, you know what? He's telling me how comfortable these things are. So I, I went and I got a pair. Where'd you get them at? Um, at the boot barn. Okay. Got them at the boot barn. Um, and they are the most comfortable thing. I mean, it's like your feet. Really? It's, like it's like they hug your feet. I was going to say, they do not look comfortable. Totally comfortable. Totally comfortable. I, it, it's Does it take a while? I mean. Um, not really. I mean, broken in. They definitely feel better broken in. But no, I mean, right off the bat, like they are, um, they are, they are not what you would think. You think they would be like stiff and, and hard on your feet and not at all. Not at all. I don't know what it is about the technology. Do you have special there. inserts put in there? No, no, no. They're they're like they're really soft inside, so your feet mold to it. Are you going to sprain your ankles in that, or do they? Take, well, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, try not to. You have to, weak ankles. I, so. <laughs> well, I pretty much sprained my ankles doing everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, did it once when I was sleeping. I'm not even sure how the hell that. <laughs> so I I I don't see myself playing any pickup basketball in them or anything. Although they're comfortable enough to. Well, this is interesting because we have the Sawbones challenge coming up in a little bit. And, <laughs> You're going to need to play basketball in them. Oh, well, uh, sorry, sneak peek, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I ended up, I really, in, I really enjoy a pair of cowboy boots now. And I've, you know, they're much more comfortable than my sneakers. <sighs> I've never had a pair. Do I think I should? You should try. You only live once, man. Yeah. I could I pull them off. What's that? Could I pull them off? Oh yeah. Yeah. Pull oh, them yeah. off. You can totally under, pull them off. under scrubs. You think? But you get, don't you have to put the booties on? Don't I don't, you have to I don't really on? ever put any booties on because, I mean, I keep my, like, I wear Crocs when I'm operating, like the ones without holes in them. Right, so, so wait, you're worried about the cowboy boots not being comfortable and you're wearing Crocs? Rubber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're super comfortable. Yeah, so, I mean, it, think about it. If that is comfortable, like, oh, dude, this is, this is uh, leather and cushion, brother. Hey, I'm all in. I like the look of them for sure. I've oh, always yeah. been like, man, when guys wear cowboy boots, I'm like that, that. Those dudes are like doing it right. I just never thought I could pull it off. Plus, yeah. I was always like a work because I have like very flat feet, thinking that they would be super uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I when I run and everything, I gotta have you know special running shoes and all that type of crap now. You know, I, to, to, for it to feel you know not not yeah. cause problems with it with the. But you're not running the, those. The, the aforementioned, you know the. The ankle. The weak ankles. Yeah. You're not having Rick Gilberto tape your ankles up before you no. go out for a run? No, 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 no. I haven't. You know, last time last time I tried to call Randy Savisky, give me a tape job. He didn't answer. <laughs> that was our volleyball coach. And Rick Gilberto was our basketball <laughs> coach. But as always, I'm wearing a pair of Jordans, Jordan 1s. These are the uh, the taxis. So um, Luca, my, my youngest, do all of my boys love the Jordan shoes. Um, but... It, one of the funniest things was, is like, oh, I'm trying to figure out all the names of the shoes. He's like, oh, those are the taxis. I'm like, oh, yeah, they kind of look like they'd be taxis. He's like, no, those are the taxis. I'm like, well, what's the name of them? He's like, the taxis. I'm like, seriously? He's like, that is the name of them. And I looked them up and sh- sure enough. But I wore them because tonight is like a Maplewood, Maplewood night, night, right? Yeah, black so you got the black and gold. I brought, I brought out the old mm-hmm. polyester shooting shirt, which is, by the way, I told Ryan, this is a size medium. It's like a size 40, 42 chest. 
It's been 15 years since I've been a size, probably 20 years since I've been a size 40, 42 chest or a size medium of anything. Yeah. It's it's like more of a size medium on yeah. me. It's I tight. and I, I could probably fit that around my neck and wear it like an ascot. Well, <laughs> for the next part of this, when we go outside to do the, the uh, Sawbones Challenge, maybe I'll have you wear this. So. But anyways, um, Rye, it's been great. Um it's been a lot of fun. Love, love all of your successes, uh, both professionally, musically, personally. Um, it's always good. You're one of those guys that like I cannot see you for six months to a year, but every time that I see you, we just kind of pick up where we left off, and yeah. we've done that for the past fifteen to twenty years. So, thank you thank for being a great friend and for uh, just always just being there. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, dude. Very proud of you, Ryan. I'm very proud of you. Thanks for having me come out. This is this was a lot of fun today, man. Yeah. We're not done, folks. Stick around. We're going to do the Sawbones uh, Challenge, as always, next. And then we'll come back. We'll do our little conclusion. And then when we're done with that, you know, we'll give you a little bit of a preview as to the next week's guests and so on and so forth. So stick around. Main event, Sawbones Challenge. And by the way, this one is a little bit like... I generally don't get competitive when it comes to this, but I'm going to get a little competitive <laughs> with this one because oh. it's the shooting cards from the Maplewood 1996, 1997. I'm going to this right now. I have not, I have since, uh, since, it's not family first anymore. I don't even know what that's called anymore. <laughs> that's how long it's been. Eerie first, I don't know. Yeah, the last, the last time I dribbled a shot of basketball, I think was probably 2004. So it's perfect. It, yes. Yes. And you'll still probably kick my butt. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Can I go underhand? See you in a little bit. Yeah, you can go underhand <laughs> any way you want to do it. We'll see you in a few. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. All right, folks. Sawbones Challenge. This is the night version. All right. Yep. So, Ryan Ray, ready? He knows the rules. By the way, Coach Gilberto, this was your duo back in the day. All I can say is you didn't let us shoot enough threes, and we're going to show you why you should have let us shoot more threes, okay? <laughs> oh, no! Jay, you're going to want to edit that one. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing, mister? I love my cowboy boots. I do, but they're not made for basketball. Travel. <laughs> yeah. He was. I had a quick first step. 
It was too quick for a lot of the reps because <laughs> they were too nice feeling. This is going to be a good one, Lou. It's going to be a tight one. Oh, no. By the way, four to three. He takes like private, like shooting lessons. Sawbones Challenge. Good buddies, Ryan Ray, Ryan Molly. We'll see you in a little bit down in the basement, but thanks for tuning in. All right, everybody. We're back from the Sawbones Challenge. It was a little dark tonight, but uh, it is what it is. So um, I close you know, my eyes when I shoot anyway. <laughs> You're like Jordan with Hakeem Olajuwon <laughs> out there closing the eyes, be like, hey, Hakeem. So anyways, um, again, want to thank you again for, for taking time out of your schedule, time away from Julie. Um, it's been an honor having you on, listening to you play guitar, just sharing stories. And I mean, we didn't even touch into like a lot of the stories from the past, but like just a lot of good stuff and a lot of good memories. And um, in closing, I'm going to ask you kind of the question that you asked me earlier, but where do you see yourself in you know 10 to 15 years? 10 to 15 years. Well, yeah. 10 to 15 years. Hope I, what I, what I, what I really think will be happening is, um, I, I think I'll still be involved, uh, locally on the business side. Um, probably won't be doing what I'm doing today. Uh, you know, hopefully 10 to 15 years from now, I'm giving a lot more guitar and fiddle lessons, you know, to people. Um, and can still, I be one of your students? You absolutely can be. Yeah, um, absolutely can be. But yeah, that's what I'm, you know, 10 to 15 years from now, um, you know, if if, uh, if AI doesn't take over uh, creation of music and artistic things at that point, I want to have a little studio in my house, um, you know, which I which I currently have, right? But I want to focus on that more. I want to be able to spend more time doing that because I enjoy it so much. Um, and I want to help, you know, younger creative people and younger artists to, to learn what now is you know, kind of becoming a, I don't want to call it a lost art, right? But there's so much digital stuff out there from on the music side as opposed to, um, you know, doing it with with the wooden steel of the, of uh, you know, the, you name it, the mandolin, the guitar, the fiddle, the, the percussion kit. The, um, so I want to I try to help, you know, maintain that in our, in our community. Well, That's Ryan, what I want to be on. 10, 15 years, I want to be 
I want to be helping that. When you were playing earlier and you're like a little critical of yourself, you're like, oh, I yeah. missed the, the chord progression here. Oh, or there. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, I messed a ton of stuff up. But, but on right. the spot, right? Yeah, on the spot. You didn't know I was going to ask you. Mm -hmm. By the way, none of this is rehearsed. He doesn't know any of the questions I'm asking him. No, I don't know no. any of the questions he's asking me. A couple um, of those songs I have, uh, you know, the you haven't played in probably song, 15, 20 have, years. Yeah, I haven't played that Pearl Jam song in like 10 years. So, yeah. um, kudos, dude. So, yeah, thanks yeah. again. Yeah, I wish you were here. I told you I normally play it on the fiddle. <laughs> Next time, we're going to have you we'll on the, the fiddle. fiddle. Okay. <laughs> but thanks again. Love you, bud. Yeah. Love all you're doing. Huge supporter. I'm definitely going to come out, check out your new band. I was, uh, did my family tell you that I wanted to make it down to Luke Antino? They did. They did. Yeah, I was. Yeah. That was a blast. We, we were that out was of town. A lot of fun. Yeah, that was a. Lot would you of fun. be willing to do that? I hate to put you on spot and camera, but like, would you be willing to do that with your band, like inside, for maybe like a winter little fall thing? Yeah, yeah. If there's, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing well, to do that. Or for if, sure. if we could do it outside again, like yeah. a little fall. Yeah, love, no, love to get you. Uh, love local, love supporting local, especially people I know and love, and I'm a huge fan of you. Yeah, so. no, it was, it was, a, that was a ton of fun. That was a ton of fun. It was my, my sister nice did get videos, by the way. So oh, it was like she? I get nice. to see your dad there in the video, and yeah, no, he's still picking like always, man. He's tearing but that banjo up. Thanks again, bud. Okay, so thank you for tuning in. As always, I ask, please subscribe. Please leave your comments, questions, suggestions, recommendations, whatever you may have, right? And stay tuned. We've got a lot of cool things coming up. And by the way. In a little bit, we're going to give you the teaser for next week's uh, episode and guest. So uh, thanks, as always. Have a great night. Take care. I remember walking out of my condo to come meet you guys, and your car smelled awful. And I was like, what the heck is going Like, why does your car smell so bad? And something had happened with your taillights on the way down. And so, oh, like, your blinkers weren't working or anything. So like for the last hour and a half of the drive, you had to like rest your foot on the brake pedal. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Because I think it was like nighttime too. Yeah, it right? was. So it was I like 11 o'clock like when you pulled in. And it was, yeah, you had rode the brake pedal lightly just to be able to keep your light on. And hey, you, you got there. We, we figured it out, right? Country yeah. boys figure out solutions. I mm -hmm. mean, I needed new brakes when I got back to Pennsylvania, yeah. but... Yep. So when we went to Dave Matthews, that was my first Dave Matthews concert. I don't know if it was your first Dave Matthews concert. Hard to remember because I've been to so many. Yeah. But uh, but the next one that you went to kind of felt like your first one too because you probably didn't remember too much from the yes the and, first one. And this this played a a starring role <laughs> in in our stories from that night. Three River Stadium too. Yeah. Right before it was mm -hmm. imploded. And I have to attribute a lot of this to just like the, the basketball court. Um, and I don't mean like the Maplewood basketball court. I mean the Molly Pavilion, the, the court that we had at our house. And there was some very aggressive, um, heated, drop-down, physical confrontations that occurred with either my buddies or my sister, Kristen, who's you know two and a half, almost three years older than me. I was like, God, what am I going to do for the shoe thing? So I just snatched it away and so brought this it with me. section of the podcast has quickly grown to become like one of the most sentimental, mm -hmm. like heartfelt sections. Like when I first started it, simply started it because I'm a shoe guy, mm -hmm. especially a Jordan shoe guy. Yeah. And, but I was like, there's usually stories, mm -hmm. right? Behind 
meaningful things in people's lives. And to me, there's always a story behind every pair of shoes. Tell me all about it, Doc.